and welcome to Mint Face Talks Acting. My name is India Plummer. I'm Mackenzie Alexander. I'm Oliver Melvin. I'm Oliver O'Sullivan. And I'm James Calloway. We are here to demystify all the questions you have about the acting industry, or at least try to. In these podcasts, we'll be interviewing people in the industry who we've invited to give you valuable advice. We will be learning as much as you are along the way, as we are also trying to figure it out for ourselves. And we'd love to hear your questions and topics you'd like to discuss, so feel free to touch base on Twitter, at MintFaceProd, or leave us a comment on our website, mintface.co.uk, or by email, team at mintface.co.uk. Welcome back to the second part of Surviving Actors podcast. We're so excited to be back with me, Mackenzie Alexander. Me, Ollie Melvin. Me, India Plummer. Me, Orla O'Sullivan. Me, James Calloway. Now, I hope that over the week you've managed to digest some of our info all about your branding and about getting into the room. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to talk about being in the room with the casting director. There are some obvious do's and don'ts, like don't be late, don't be rude, know your sides if you've been given sides for it. I think just uh, on the subject of um, self-tapes, because obviously if you do a self-tape before to get yourself in the room, one thing that uh, Olivia Britton said, who is from Gina J Casting, is that, you know, practice your self-tapes and always like try and give them in before the deadline they always appreciate people who are completely on it and one thing that i never ever knew about and didn't practice didn't even kind of cross my mind is treat your self-tape like an audition so give yourself you know half an hour to uh, record your self-tape otherwise you're going to be there umming and ahhing over whether that's you know the good one or oh i could have done this bit a bit better so if you just learn your lines warm up yeah warm up have someone reading opposite you that you kind of trust and treat it like an audition you know your self-tapes will be of better quality and your like your own mental state will probably be much less affected by it if you uh, do it like that I've got some tips from Michael Cox for just before you're in the room, while you're waiting outside the audition room and when you're in the audition room. It says, always ask your agent for a script because Hammond Cox will send out a script 99% of the time. So ask for a script if there is one. Ask are there any wardrobe notes? Maybe wear something that lends itself to the character. Get there with enough time to read through the script because there might be changes to the script you don't know. Don't read too much into who's in the audition room and who's also auditioning. Obviously, everyone's going to look kind of vaguely like you and it can be a bit off-putting, but, you know, just go in there and be you. Do what you do. Uh, When you're sitting there and you're waiting to go in for the casting, read through the script. He said that there are more clues in the script as to what you'll be doing than you think. And he said, actually, it's a common misconception, but... um, A commercial script has as much information and can be broken down in the same way as a script for TV or film. There is, you know, as much backstory, as much subtext in there as a TV or film script. So notice where the change in the script is. Where does the character change? Because he says, I promise you there will be one in there where your character changes the way they think or something about the product probably and also when you're reading the script bring life to it to the action do something that's gonna don't just read the lines that are there kind of think about what you can bring to it and just have a thought in your head another thing he said was listen in the room so one thing that um he said people make the mistake of often is he'll say okay so what i want you to do is and the person will already be going yeah 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 but don't just listen to what they're saying listen to what they're asking you to do take it in have a moment if you're unclear always ask because don't waste the first take that they do of you so if you're unclear about something ask about it 
Um, and yeah, there's maybe changes to the script, you never know. So don't go in with a preconceived idea of what you're definitely going to do it like. Uh, just to kind of bounce off you all, um, I went to a seminar called Make Yourself Memorable with Susan Smith, who's another um, big casting agent. And this was kind of uh, paramount across the board, really. Uh, but she specifically talked about it, which is, you know, eliminate the factors that you can make yourself nervous about. So eliminate not knowing about anything about the casting directors in the room. So do your homework. Um, eliminate thinking about that you're going to forget your lines not working on the, the kind of acting and your internal monologue. Le just learn your lines. That was uh, kind of a really main focal point that she talked about. Another few things that I thought were just really kind of nice tips actually were that when you're in the audition she said that this lady susan smith basically said the amount of people that she sees sat in a chair who and they're not owning the chair she says it really does deflect from what they're doing so own the space own own the chair that you're sitting in own the room that you're in she also said look at people in the eye so don't look at her in the eye but look at the person reading <coughs> the lines in the eye it's about connection with a person you are reacting off what that person is saying, even if they are reading the lines completely dull, dully, it's like, you know, you're hearing those lines for the first time. So always try and make the connection. And also, again, I think we talked about this um, in last podcast, but, you know, they are they are there because they want you to do a good job. You have got this far. You have come an incredibly long way already. Yeah. There have already. You've already kind of gone over so many hurdles. So they already like the look of you. So that they really want you to do well. So I, I know myself, I struggle with this a lot, with, mm. you know, nerves and stuff in the room and always yeah. having kind of self-doubt in my head, but you've already come so far. So just remember that. And hopefully, you know, you can kind of settle in to yourself and show a bit more of yourself, which is what they want to see really, isn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. That's exactly yeah. what I heard in my yeah. seminar with Tim Kent, who is on the actor Studio, and Stephen, who is the director, who is directed on like Corey and EastEnders and all yeah. this kind of stuff. They said, relax, that's such an important thing, mm -hmm. which I think he also gave like another whole list of things. Like they, um, they will explain in the breakdown all about the scene and the character, and that is what they're after. They're specific about it, but they still want a fresh performance. Yeah. And they said, come with choices. So they will likely ask you to do it like three times or something. And um, just come with different choices so that you've got something to offer them, but still being specific about the scene and the character. They also said that they might throw like a curveball at you just to see if you can take a bit of direction. Read the sides and just prep and think, what kind of curveballs could they throw at me and make sure that you're very, very prepared for that. The point on choices is quite a good one. Uh, going back to self-tapes quickly, James and I went to go, went for a uh, seminar with Lucinda Sison, uh, and she said on the point about self-tapes, have, as well as doing a slate, which is very briefly, people don't know what they are, it's when you do a brief introduction of yourself before, a, before the audition, say your name, who you're represented by heights. The takes that you do afterwards, when you do a self-tape, have a couple of takes prepared and send them off, which I, I was a bit surprised about. I wouldn't I would have thought send one take, but she said always send two versions of the audition tape oh, that I you've didn't done. Know that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Know so that she either. said it was I said it was good send, to good to send two. I've heard send two if you've got two different choices. If yeah, obviously if, if, if you've got something different. Yeah. Sure. And I think also Lucinda also said was when you're doing a self tape or even in the casting room and you're on the phone or something, the character's on the phone, don't use a prop. Just yeah, use no your props. hand to signal that you're on the phone. They can imagine you're using the phone. <laughs> because if you use a prop and then you suddenly don't 
need it. Like, what do you do with it? <laughs> Just drop it on the floor. It's, yeah. it's awkward. So they said, if there's any, if there's any stage directions or, uh, you know, saying oh, this character answers the phone, just get your hand and use that as a phone because then it can just go when you need it to go. Just with all of these people as well, the, the people that were at Surviving Actors, sorry, um, that were talking to us, obviously cast these huge movies, but in the context of people in my situation, we would be coming into contact with these casting directors for, you know, small kind of day roles. And a really interesting thing that Olivia and Susan both said was they are making such fast decisions. So... The one thing that they want you to do is just, you know, touch something in like the heart of the casting director. It's about connecting with them on some kind of level. Everyone was asking, you know, what is the number one thing? And it's and you, none of the casting directors could put their name to it. No, no one could really pinpoint what it was that would differentiate someone. It's just about you as an actor being able to stir up a feeling in a casting director and another thing that they all said as well is you know it doesn't even if you don't get the job it doesn't mean that you're a terrible actor it just means that someone else probably looks more like that person that they had in mind or someone played it a bit differently which is more of the route that the director wanted to go so there's so many people involved in the outcome of the job that you're going for so it's really, it's really all, all, almost always, it's really not just down to that specific audition. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest things you have to go in the room with is showing your acting ability. Like mm -hmm. you, you go in, you turn up, you're early, you know your sides, you're nice to them. Showing your acting ability is really, really important when you're in the room. And India, you mentioned actors were asking questions about like the immediate, it was kind of like immediate. It was like, how, what's the ticket? What's, yeah. How do I get across to this casting director? How do I hit them in that heart yeah. spot? And something that I really appreciated from going into one of my acting workshops about science of acting is that it wasn't about the immediacy. You you don't get that straight away. You have to work on it. That was led by Nick Cauldron. And I'm not going to go into the science of acting. He's got a massive program about it. So if you want to learn all about it, go and check him out. But it's all about learning your craft as best you can. Yeah, so following on from um, actually what Mackenzie and India have been saying about the factors affecting whether you get the job or not, Lucinda Sison and Natasha Vincent said some really sort of poignant things, really. And one of the main things I've you know written in Capitals was auditions are auditions. They're not performances. They're not looking for something that's perfected um, to the point of where... It, it's ready for the big screen or whatever you know they want it to be an audition where you're flexible and if they do want to change it you're open to that it's a whole other is, skill set isn't it yeah and and cast and directors are they're looking for indicators if you like that you can do the job and, and you know they liaise with the directors and they want to show the director everything you can do so it's, they've got you in the room they they want you every every actor that walks into the room they think okay it's going to be this person that they're going to get the job we want it to be them and so if you do get asked to change things in an audition, don't let it put you off. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good thing. They're trying to get all your versatility out of you so they can show the director and say, look, we brought this person in. He, he or she is brilliant for the role. They're trying to get you the job. Hmm. It's a nice thing to remember that they're on your side. Yeah, so I um, I went to a seminar at the end of the day called The Camera Loves You, and that was with the director, Suri Krishnama. He's a writer and director, actually, um, and he's directed some pretty cool films. And basically, it was a little workshop where we got filmed, and we did this um, 
little scene and it was it was really good like really really good workshop and kind of the things he was saying was the presence of the director is the main difference between stage and screen acting you know you have the director very close to you when you're on screen and he also said never confuse a film crew with a live audience you're doing it for the camera and one thing which he kind of brought up which was very interesting was he played us i don't know if anyone has uh heard this before but it's a clip of a very famous actor kind of ranting to a lighting guy the lighting guy has disturbed him while he's acting <laughs> on a big hollywood set christian bale has anyone no. heard it was it a comedy sketch or something? no 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 so this is this is uh real. yeah this is real so he's he's filming a production <coughs> i don't know what film it was but he's filming it and um, someone's clattering around and christian bale just goes on this massive massive tirade at this guy like what the f are you doing that kind of thing like you can it's all on youtube if you want to have a listen but you know he, he kind of so he stopped it he said who's heard this clip before a few of us put our hands up and he said now who thinks that um christian behaved in the right way and everyone was like no 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 and then he said, which was kind of surprising to me, he said, who kind of can see where he's coming from? And a few people were like, yeah, I can kind of see. Because he goes off on this guy for like 15 minutes about how he's trying to act and how he's in the zone and he's just kind of like put him off kilter, basically. And he kind of rounded up the point by saying that you have the right to be in the best onset environment that you can possibly be in. Yeah, it's true. Um, which I think is fair. I think, yeah, you do. I mean, if you, there's a lot of people relying on you to give the best possible performance. And it's, it's kind of contrary to what I've heard before about, you know, when you're on a film set, you're not the most important person in the room. Everyone is kind of like equal because e- all of the factors are equal. Yeah, and I kind of thought that that was the way. Yeah, what were you going to say? Andrew? I was just going to say, all of the factors always should be equal. I think that's yeah. the way, best way to work. But if a lighting guy is clattering around and not giving equal respect to the actor that's the lighting guy thinking that he's got you know a higher status than the actor which means that he that then it's out of kilter again do you know what i mean i think the moment people say action i think that's when there's got to be a I think that's probably what he was talking about. Yeah. The moment you say it was action, just, there's got to be an appreciation of what the actor's putting themselves yeah. through and what they're trying to achieve in that moment. It was just very interesting to kind of hear him mm. not justify the way he behaved because that is a, a well-known clip that everyone is like, oh my God, this is awful behaviour from this I haven't heard the Hollywood actor. Will you give it a listen because it's, it's really... Um, it goes on for like 15 minutes. It's a long clip. The workshop last kind like, of, acting yeah. workshop I went to was by Simon Trinder and he was talking... It was The workshop was called Act Natural and it was all about acting on impulse. And if there was a token for how to handle yourself in an audition, it was about not what, what you're giving out, but what you're receiving from the other text. And because a lot of the time, the camera's, the camera's always gonna be on you. So they'll be looking for your reaction shots because that's really, really interesting to the viewer. It was all about you receive a line, you receive a sentence, and then you mark out in your script what word jumps out at you and then we were playing around with that and then that's your reaction word because how does that make you feel how is this affecting you and so it was it was all about like this is how you get your reactions you react from natural impulses so the first time you read it really important just mark down all the things that jump out at you and those are your reaction points in the script 
again, if you want to know more about that, then just look into Simon Trinder because as a workshop rather than a seminar, it's a bit harder to like delve into the ins and outs. There yeah. wasn't loads of information to give. It was practical. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing which I was really, really interested in, which kind of, it sort of contradicts a lot of what we were talking about and the workshop and the seminar itself was very, very, um, a bit of a debate, but it was really, really interesting. There is the conventional route of having your headshots, having your showreels and um, contacting the casting director, getting an agent and being a really, really good actor in this way. And then there was an opposing point and the opposing point was given by David Williams Bryan. Now he has made his career out of doing one man shows and that's his unique selling point. That's his, well, that's his unique selling trade, I think. He's very active in social media. He basically has made his company out of doing something very unique to him. And that is his way of having a successful career. So I think it's also really important to perhaps have your line of work where you are doing the conventional route and have the line of work where you're not doing the conventional route and just find out what really works for you in your career at this moment in time, because you haven't got time to waste. It's really fast-paced. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of, I went to a, um, a talk by Ricky Fox. It was called How to Financially... What was it called? How to Survive Financially as an Actor. Um, yeah, and he was basically talking about if you have an idea for a company and you want to set it up, how to do that. And he set up his own company, Captain Fantastic, which is a children's entertainment company. He gave a really good piece of advice, which was you can't change the past, but you can reverse engineer the future, which I think is a really nice way to think about your future and your career. There are steps that you can take to get to where you want to be. And if you think about that logically, there's nothing wrong with having a diary and putting it out five years down the line. Mm. That's, do. that's actually really interesting because I went to, uh, at the end of the day, I went to a brilliant seminar called Be Empowered, Live the Career You Want, which was hosted by um, an awesome guy called Daniel Dresner, who was talking in that vein a lot, basically about working out what you actually want and what you actually want in your career will make you more at ease with yourself and make you more empowered as a person. Because if you've set yourself goals and if you've set yourself targets that you need to reach, then what you want will come across to you know other people in casting rooms and networking events. Another thing that he talked about, which I thought was super interesting and kind of a completely different direction um, than most of the day, really, was just about actors' mental health. And I know from uh, my own experiences that I've, I think we all struggle a bit with like an inner saboteur, especially when we're going into an audition or you know meeting new people or networking or whatever. You know that you just oh, it's just, it's too scary, or oh, what if I can't, what if, what if, what if? And he said a really interesting, I'm not going to go into it, if you want to read up more on it, he's got a book actually called A Life Coaching Approach to Screen Acting, which is really ace. But he talked about this thing called neuroplasticity, which is basically that the thoughts in your brain take the easiest route that they can. So the easiest route in everyone's brain is self-doubt. So if, you know, you actually realise that that kind of, self-doubt is there you understand it as self-doubt and you say you know not today fuck off i'm not kind of dealing with you today kind of put a slow fade on self-doubt then you know you can start having more confidence to you know i don't know we were talking about flexibility and auditions and um just being more kind of confident because i know for for a fact for me that's really what what is the kind of make or break thing in an audition room? If I've learned the lines, if I've done everything I can, it's about me and it's about what I'm feeling inside. So I thought that was actually a really, really good bit of uh, advice that he gave. Yeah. 
and it was really nice and really really empowering actually just one more thing talking about unless you're Meryl Streep you're always going to be an out of like at some point everyone's going to kind of be an out of work actor so what you're doing when you're not working and I know obviously we've talked a little bit about being your own South Africa and you know emailing agents and emailing casting directors and stuff but you know Daniel Jesner did also just talk about really what you can be doing so you know putting in the hours flip, flipping a negative mindset from something that you you know oh I can't be bothered today just do it um he also had an ace actor called Abiola I can't remember her second name for the life of me I'm sorry she said that you know she looks at her goals twice a day and then when she's achieved that goal she thinks about the amazing journey that she's come on and she's you know it, it becomes this kind of really cool empowering enjoyful experience instead of people running around going oh my god I don't have a job oh god you know I'm in a six-month contract and then I can't you know I can't do anything else now I don't what am I supposed to be doing with my life so just putting in the hours and you know work shouldn't be hard and it shouldn't be shit it should be really really fun everyone that's in this industry wants to be in this industry because it's pretty much the only thing that we all want to do so yeah I just I think that that was a really nice, <laughs> empowering point. Works yeah, amazing. nice way to end the day. Yeah, it was yeah. a really nice yeah. way to end the day, actually. I would really, really recommend you looking him up because it's it's helped me, actually, already. Yeah, um, that so... I really recommend Surviving Actors. If anyone's yeah. out there and wants to go... Ha- it's free for the day, isn't it? And then you pay per seminar. It's also free to do the open casting for the film. Mm-hmm. It's free Which to do... Which is obviously do, Ace Experience. It's really good yeah. experience. It's yeah. free to do the meals for monologues where you're also giving back. Also, kind of, there's a big hall where there's loads of uh, stalls and stands from anything from part-time jobs and companies that like to employ actors to um, casting platforms, to showreel platforms. Yeah. Nick Hearn Books is there, so yeah. to buy some new plays, uh, it's good to... Yeah, yeah we got there's told absolutely a lot loads, to yeah. read up on just new plays and yeah. have material at your disposal, really. Exactly. And I got a part-time job from the Surviving Actors Fair. Um, it's a really good way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to kind of um, meet people who don't have a problem with you running away to auditions every now and then yeah. and yeah. getting cover, which is super important. Yeah, Surviving Actors recommended absolutely all round. And I just think I want to end our final part of Surviving Actors episodes with a quote from Ellie Collier Bristow from my seminar, When Nobody Knows You Exist. She said, stand with the courage of your convictions. And I think that is just a really honest way to look at yourself and your career. If you're Mm -hmm. standing by your courage of your convictions, Mm -hmm. then you're doing something right. That's a good quote. (coughs) Yeah. Fantastic. Lovely. Been actu- lovely actually, a last thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, it's a big thank you to everyone at Surviving Actors who organised the event, but who, uh, yeah. you know, really hospitable towards everyone there and understanding. Gave and us three free mojitos. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what not to love. Yeah. So, yeah, big thank you from all of us. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Please don't forget to go follow us on Twitter. We're at MintFaceProd, where... Uh, do have a link to our website with lots more information about us as a company uh, and there will be a link directly to the podcast to subscribe and download more.